professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. I am the big guy, Ryback, and this week I'm really, really excited, as I am every week, we have personal brand business mentor and host of the Impact School podcast, Lauren Tickner. How are you doing all the way over there? I am doing excellent. Yeah, this is when people try and figure out where my accent's from. Some people say America, some people say Australia, but really, it is the UK. <laughs> are you over in London? Where... I'm, I'm near London, so for... For foreigners, I just say that I'm in London because it's like trying to, it's like you trying to say exactly where you're based in Vegas because no one will ever really know unless they're from there, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm like in the Aliante area. They're like, what? What's that? It's they. Yeah, they're like, wait, hang on, that sounds like it's in Spain. (laughs) That's. uh, I'm actually. I always tell. I'm 70% English. I've done the ancestry DNA test, and uh, I was. I did not know that. I knew some of my background. But I was always, I got like 70% English, 10% Irish, 7% Italian, 7% West European, and then a little bit of Indian in me. So I'm all over the place. Yeah, well, I I would actually quite like to do that. I feel like it's quite interesting. However, I honestly think that the majority of my family are from, yeah, Ireland, Scotland, and a bit English. I'm I'm more so like Irish and Scottish than anything else. So hey-ho, there we go. I got a lot of wrestling friends from over there. So one of my best friends is is over there from the UK, Stu Bennett. He was Wade Barrett in the WWE. And I found I, I get along very well with people from the UK, I find. They're just, just well-mannered, good people. Well, thank you. I, I like to I like to know that my people are representing the side. So shout out to all my English folks who are listening right now and other parts of the UK, obviously. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring you on. I saw you on Instagram, and I'm going to talk about that. But I want for our for our listeners out there, what's your background? Because you work for yourself now, correct? Yes. And you're a very intelligent woman, I could tell, and just from everything I've seen and just listening briefly to your podcast, how did you kind of to get to where you are now? What kind of led just a quick little background on on where you were and where you are now? Well, firstly, thank you. I really appreciate that. I love it when I don't know, there's no better feeling than when someone compliments your work. I find like if someone says to me, oh, hey, you look good, like I don't really care. It doesn't really mean anything to me. When someone compliments my work, it's like it feels so good, you know? Same thing if someone insults me personally. I don't really care. But if they insult my work, I get really upset and like defensive and angry. So I'm just like, I take massive pride in my work because I love it so much. So yeah, for everyone listening, I'm 22. I, wow, I I never really know where to go with this story because I can imagine you have a few people who are into fitness and all that tuning into the podcast. So I guess I'm going to try and keep this as short and sweet as possible. Long story short, I was a little bit overweight when I was younger, right? But when you're 15, 16, you're looking in the mirror and you if you're bigger than your friends i i was bigger than my friends you know i felt bigger than my friends i looked bigger than my friends and it was that kind of phase where everyone started to really care about their parents care care to think about what boys thought of them and all that sort of thing and so 
very long story short, I, I, I googled, I was like, okay, how do I, how do I lose weight? And it was saying calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. So I was like, okay, what is a calorie deficit? Let's figure this out. And so to my understanding, it was that you need to burn more calories than you consume per day. So I I took it so literally and I thought it meant that I had to burn on a machine in the gym more calories than I was actually eating per day. So I was yeah, I was on the cross trainer. I was burning 500 calories per day and I was eating 300 calories per day. Anyone who's listening to this, please don't do that because pretty much what happened was that I then got um, diagnosed with panic disorder. So I was having anxiety attacks all the time. And so I very, I felt very like out of control of my body. And so then literally like I'm, I'm saying this and it makes it sound like it all happened so quickly. It happened relatively quickly, but I realized that I needed to gain weight. This is probably after about three years. Okay. So I, I, googled again i took back to my trusty old friend google and i said how to gain weight in a healthy way and i found out about weight training right so i started getting into lifting but none of my friends were into it and i felt like it was kind of isolating and lonely like if you're a sports person i feel like you can often find feel that way unless all of your friends are into the same sport as you or into lifting like it's it's very lonely same thing with entrepreneurship you know I'm constantly trying to connect with other entrepreneurs like you and like all the people I meet on social media because they actually get you. So no one got me. I find the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So back when I was kind of like getting into all of this, I think I was, I was either 16 or 17 at the time. I decided to create a fitness Instagram because I saw all of these fitness girls who had all these communities of people commenting on their photos. Like, Paige Hathaway is someone who you probably know. Uh, Kayla It's Signs. I can't say her surname, but she created some massive, like, really famous. She's from Australia. She created this, like, BBG. It's like a bikini body guide and stuff. Like, all these people, I found them on social media. And I was like, okay, I really want to comment on their post. But (laughs) I don't want to comment because I don't want my friends to see that I'm commenting. Because I was afraid about what my friends would think of me. So I have always been one of these people where I'm always... Well, I'm not anymore. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> of this now, but um, I was always very, very fearful about what people would think of me. Now, the biggest thing to take away from that for anyone listening to this right now is that just because you're that way right now does not mean that you are going to be for the rest of your life. I am one of those people now where, oh my gosh, I I never used to leave the house, example, without makeup, and now I think I wear makeup like once every two months. Um. Similarly, I will, I don't know, I I will burp on my YouTube videos and I'm just like, oh, whatever, like, and I'll just... You learn I'll to do- just not care and just to be yourself and people are either going to accept you and love you the way they are and it, you don't let things bother you. Yeah, the way, it's a learning like, process. that is how you should be, yeah. but it, it's not, as e- it's not, it's so much easier said than done. I agree. But just know that you have to start by doing things that make you feel uncomfortable yeah. and that make you that literally make you feel like, oh my God, everyone's going to judge me. Do that thing that you're afraid to do. Because if you do that, then you're going to build up the resilience. And then as time goes on, you're no longer going to care. So pretty much what happened was I started this fitness page. I kept it a secret. And my username back then was Fitness Life Lauren. And I pretty much was like, I was posting food. That's basically what I was posting. And then as time went on, I realized like, okay, I want to actually like post recipes because when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I want to know what the healthy recipe is. I don't want to go click the link in someone's bio to read their blog, like what everyone was doing back then. 
So I started posting the recipes actually like in the caption and I started to build a following because I was like posting value. And I was like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. And when I had around, I don't know, 4,000 followers back when I was 17 years old, the boys from my year found my Instagram. And so I was literally mortified because not only did they just find the Instagram account, they also decided to go to the effort of actually like mocking me, right? So they, yeah, so they... Like when I look back now, I I laugh and I wish I could let the listeners of the podcast see the photo that they posted because it is kind of funny. But basically, you're 17 though. That's a lot. That's a lot of people deal with this. Young people are growing up with social media and the way kids used to be bullied at school, and it's now a social media thing. And I never had to deal with that, but it's very interesting hearing this. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of gives people more of an opportunity to. I guess be mean to other people. Um, so the guy, one of the guys, like had his shirt off, and the other guy was like holding his uh, holding his torch on his phone, like to make the shine the light shine on his chest. And the guy who had his shirt off was like holding to take a selfie, like holding his uh, selfie camera up as though he was taking a selfie. And they just wrote on their caption like, "Thank you, Lauren, for my 90 day fitness meal plan." And then the the location was NPC, Night of the Champions. So NPC is like a bodybuilding yep. federation. And um, I was mortified, honestly. I very, very nearly quit. I made my accounts private again. And oh, I, uh, in hindsight, like n- people listening probably are just like, why did that affect you so much? But it was like that feeling. I don't know if you've ever done something bad where where you feel like no one else should know about it or yeah. where you feel like... I'm sure all of us have. Caught, <laughs> yeah, you've got caught red-handed and it's like that feeling in your stomach where you're like, you feel your cheeks going red and you feel like you've been engulfed by a deep dark hole. I reckon everyone listening to this can imagine one moment right now. That's how I felt. (laughs) And it was like I'd been exposed because I was pretty much Hannah Montana at this time because no one knew what I was doing, not even my parents, not my best friend. It was like I had this whole other world on my phone. And so I found it amazing because I was building a community, you know, and built, community building is awesome and yes. so inspiring. And like the fact, the people who are listening to this podcast right now, they are part of your community. People who listen to my podcast, they are part of my community. And it's like a tribe. It's not just them tuning into you. They're part of your whole entire movement. And so my friends didn't get it. And so um, long story short, like, I know this story was supposed to be very short, but it's become long as it always does. I'm long-winded myself. I'm enjoying this though. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, pretty much what happened was I just bit the bullet and I was like, you know what? If these people are going to judge me, like I love what I'm doing and I had a reason why I was doing it. And I'm such a true believer in the fact that when you have a reason why you can keep going even when the times get tough. Right. So I was on there because I wanted to connect with other people and I also wanted to prevent other people from going through what I had been through when I was losing weight rapidly going through those dark times it was awful like it was honestly awful I would be feeling so faint and dizzy some nights I would lay in bed and I'd be like I don't know if I'm gonna wake up like because I felt so weak and I've actually never said that publicly before but um you bring up just a this is a very real problem and I remember back when I was younger and the internet was literally brand new and I, but before that, I was trying to figure out dieting on my own. And I remember, and I've told stories. I remember I used to go to the, the health food store and buy a Patrick, pa- uh, packet of the metrics protein shake. And I'd go to Walmart and get a big bag of gummy bears. And then I'd go buy like a gallon of milk 
because I thought yeah. like, oh, I need sugars after my workout. And I was literally <laughs> trying to figure out this without information. And I think a lot of people out there, you're where you're at now. You've, you've through your trials and tribulations and I've years and years of dieting and trying different things. It's just second nature to me now as far yeah. as it's very easy. But a lot of people, and I look back and realized how confused I was starting this. Yeah. And I was always health oriented and wanting to be fitness oriented. So I think it's important for people to understand that what they're going through, because there are a lot of people that reach out, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And it's, yeah. they just need, because there's, there's a, so much information out there and like so said, much so much conflicting information yeah. and if you could eliminate people making some key mistakes that we made early on it's such a beautiful thing because like you said it takes a few years and, and sometimes and but it does make you stronger but if you can give them the the guidelines a little bit and just of what not to do it's great you know and it's i think it's incredible what you've been able to do exactly yeah so then that's pretty much how i i first got into producing fitness content so that's how I started out now my whole thing is that I help people build an online brand and business primarily people who are a lot of my audience because I built my audience initially in the fitness space a lot of people who do my programs and stuff are people who want to start online fitness health wellness coaching businesses um, or build their following on social media within the fitness space um, but it's just been interesting because yeah, that's, that was exactly it. Like I knew that I needed to share that evidence-based training and nutrition information. And because I was so committed to helping people not get sucked into a particular problem, that's why I think I was able to see success because I was really focusing on not allowing people to go into that problem hole as, as you could call it. Um, because I think like, you know, people on social media, they want a solution to their media burning problem. And if you can provide that for them, then yes. that is going to be so incredibly powerful. I think so often people say things like, I just want to help inspire people to um, become the best version of themselves. But that is really not clear. Like my whole thing was like, I'm going to prevent people from falling down the trap of fad diets so that they can learn to, I don't know, track macros and live a long-term sustainable healthy life like that's pretty much what i was doing and you I did guess that by making yourself vulnerable and i find that vulnerability and actually with social media it's a great thing to show our weaknesses and what we're going through too and yeah you see it with people and inspiring people but it truly is when you truly do shift your mindset and have that mindset of and actually providing value it is a great there's no greater feeling in the world actually no. and it and yeah. i've always found and what i'm finding is when you just try to help other people and do it from a genuine, a true place in your heart and make yourself vulnerable and show your weaknesses, that it, it's a beautiful thing and, and a lot of good can come from it. I couldn't agree more. And I also do think, though, that with that, I think there's also power in sharing your vulnerability once you've got like 90% of the way through it. Yeah. I think if you're like, let's say right now, I don't know, because I feel like otherwise it can kind of, um, let me explain. So let's say right now, I'm obviously really focused on helping people build a profitable online business. Yeah. Now, let's say my business <laughs> was like generating like, I don't know, $1,000 per month and that was all. I would not be, and I was struggling financially and I and all this, like I would not be a good guide yeah. and a good a good person to, to be like sharing this information like it it, it damages your credibility you need the so, track record too of actually overcoming it and having some success exactly 
by what you're exactly. actually preaching. So, it's like yeah, a personal trainer that's overweight that doesn't follow. Exactly. They, I could not it, yeah. agree more. Yeah, I could not agree more. Like people aren't going to be inspired by that. People aren't going to know why they should listen to you. Um, but then if you can say that you've got like, even if last month I said, guys, last month I, I did a, I was working with a client and uh, this didn't happen by the way. I'm just making something yeah. up. But <laughs> last month I was working with a client and um, I told her a method and that method, it, it wasn't the best thing for her. But here's the thing, right? Like that happened last month, this month I'm working with her on this and it's going really well. So it's like you have to be able to show the transformation um, because otherwise, yeah, people won't necessarily be able to trust you. Yep. So just kind of backtracking a bit to the story that we were talking about. So I then like started um, <clears throat> posting fit. I was obviously posting all that fitness content and stuff. Now in between that then and now a ton of stuff happened. I started working at an asset management company when I was 18 straight after I finished school. Um, I worked there for eight months and honestly, like it was these mundane, meticulous, monotonous tasks. And that was when I realized that I never want anyone else to feel how I felt when I was in that job. Honestly, like <laughs> that was genuinely worse. Now, when I look back at it, that was worse than everything I had ever been through before. So I think my big thing is that I'm very much like, I want to help people take control of their life so that they can have freedom and fulfillment. Um, and I want to empower them, right? Because it, I, I was doing a podcast with one of my clients the other day. Um, I decided to have him come on my show to talk about your reason why you do things. And uh, he basically did this thing that he found out about from Dean Graziosi, where it's like, seven layers deep where you ask your why, your why, your why. And so I really got to the bottom of mine and it's that, because basically my brother's disabled. Um, so he has epilepsy, autism, various other disabilities. He's in a wheelchair, like he can't eat by himself. He has a tube and he doesn't talk or anything. And so I realized that I've seen someone who can't have freedom in their life, who can't take control of their life. So when I was working that job, I, I was like, every single day I'm going back home and seeing my brother because I, I was still living with my parents and I was like, I'm, I'm seeing my brother and he can't take control of his life. Whereas I can take control of my life, but I'm choosing to stay in this job that makes me unhappy. I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. And then as soon as I would go on my phone, I would feel so happy and I would feel like I was part of something bigger. So I was like, you know what? Other people have made this happen. If other people can do it, I can too. There's no reason why I can't. And I got rid of all of my limiting beliefs. Now, this didn't happen overnight. No. It took a lot Never of does, like yeah. podcasts. I, I was like listening to like Tony Robbins. I was listening to like self-development stuff. And I used to be one of those people who laughed about self-development because I was like, oh, what are these weirdos like listening to their self-development? Same way growing up because uh, you just have this thing in your head from what you're in. Oh, they must... They must need some sort of help if that's all they're reading. It, it, yeah, but it, it's, or it's like, oh, yeah, they're obsessed with themselves. They love themselves. Like, they, they, yeah, they're weird. Like, it's woo-woo. It's like spiritual and whatever. And that's what I used to think. But then my mindset has changed so much because it works. Yes. <laughs> so basically, um, I decided to quit that job after eight months, which Good honestly was too long. A few months later, um, I started university. But before I started university, I actually got my personal training qualification. And that's when I started the online fitness coaching. I took action immediately because I knew what I wanted. Yep. Like, I literally knew what I wanted to make happen. And so I was like, okay, hey, I'm going to do this. 
I called the personal training company up and I was like, hey, um, I think I had like, I don't know how many followers on Instagram, but basically I managed to get the personal training qualification for half price because I, I took the initiative to negotiate the price down and uh, say that I posted about it on social media for them. And uh, I honestly, I don't think I had too, too many followers then. And so it's just like another thing is like, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, so try it. If you ever want to enroll in a program or something, just like ask the person who has the program and see if, see what they'll do for you. And so, yeah, I went to university for a year. I was on the UK's number one business degree. Um, but I, as I was in my classes, like I was like also running my business and I was like, what I'm learning while I'm running my business is so much more relevant. It was like old fashioned stuff that they were teaching on the UK's number this one. This is what business. Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about with like school and, and I get for certain yeah. professions it's necessary, but yeah, this day and age, it's like for sure. Yeah. But I was literally running my own business and you're really the doing stuff it. Yeah. Teaching me wasn't helping my business. And I was like, okay, this is good for someone if they want to go work in a big corporation and work their way up the ladder. But that's not what I want to do. And so I decided, yeah, I'm going to quit that job. Um, no, 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 I, uh, I'm going to drop out of university. I dropped out and it was the best decision I ever made. And uh, here we are today. So pretty much like after, because people saw that, because I had fitness eBooks and I was really successfully selling them organically through my audience. And my friends who were other influencers were asking me like, Lauren, how are you doing this? Like, how do you have a business like this? I'm relying on earning 5% commission from like brands, like supplement brands like yours maybe. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have their own business. And I was like, okay, well clearly there's demand for this here. And that was when my impact school was born. Yeah. That's incredible. And I always tell people too, and just from everything and from what I've read, like we're all born into this rat race as Robert Kiyosaki always says. And like, it's, yes, I went to an event with him the other day. Yeah. I, I love that guy. I've read many of his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when I was younger yeah. and me and my other wrestler buddy, we were sitting at a restaurant and we, we, uh, we both, we both left WWE also walked out on our own and, uh, Stu Bennett and hell of a guy. And we were at the ranch house grill in Tampa, Florida. And I yeah. read this rich dad, poor dad book. And I said, you need to read this book. We were both into reading and we had, we had lunch the following week. And we're, we both said, we're getting out of this rat race. We're going to get out of this rat race one way or the other through wrestling yeah. and create some financial freedom. But we're taught like to be everyone for the most part, unless you're born into significant wealth, we're all going to be employees probably at some point in time in our yeah. lives. Cause we're kind of taught that's what you're supposed to do. But I think this generation with social media, there's just going to be, there's a shift in people's mindsets. And you're a perfect example of this, that yeah. and, and Joe Rogan talks about this, that we can work for ourselves and it, not, not everyone necessarily yeah. is going to be able to do that. And I accept that. And that's, but if a lot more of us start taking that approach and just like I said, the just do it mentality and have an idea what we want to do and just throw yourself in there and it's sink or swim, but learn on the fly. And it's great to see someone like you so intelligent and that you were, you weren't happy. You're already doing what you wanted to do. You saw that the information didn't necessarily apply and you bet on yourself and took a chance and it's paying off. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. But <clears throat> I just think like, it's just such a shame that so many people like never realize. I'm so lucky that I realized when I was 18 yeah. because You're like, rare. as far as we know, as far as we know, you only get one shot at this. Yes. So like, why would you like, why would you not at least try it? Because here's the thing, right? If you fail, all that's going to happen is you go back and get the job that you hate again. <laughs> Maybe even somewhere better. It could actually allow you to 
finally find a job that you like if you fail you never lose you learn you never lose you learn yeah and so it's just like it's very easy to listen to podcasts like you're listening to this podcast right now you're hearing us talk you're hearing us say these things we are on the other side but you're stuck right now somewhere where you don't want to be you're going to stay stuck if you don't do something about it yeah. like you have to do something about it and so even if it's a small step it's better than nothing, such as starting a side hustle, such as doing research into how to start a side hustle, doing research into how to start I don't know, online coaching yep. or how to start e-commerce or whatever it happens to be that you choose. You have to do something because if you don't, yeah, you're just going to regret it. Like they always say that the biggest regret that people have on their deathbed, isn't it like just fearing failure. I think yeah, it's fearing failure and not taking the action. Yeah, you know? not just not, yeah, not taking action, essentially. It's not living, yeah. And I yeah. was, like, it's, people, we, we, I think it's this, those feelings that we have on, on, on starting something today, those feelings don't go away. They're going to show back up tomorrow and the day after, and you just got to, like you said, just do it, just throw yourself in there. But I was just listening to the Pat Flynn, uh, the Passive Income Podcast, and they actually were talking about on it how, we're born into, Robert Kiyosaki says the, the rat race, he kind of says we're born into a bucket of crabs. Where, mm -hmm. and when you try to attempt to get out of the bucket <clears throat> or to do great things or step out of your comfort zones, those yeah. crabs try to pull you back in. And that's kind of what- I love that, and it's slippery, yeah. so you slide back down. It's not easy, and, but there's, it, it's, everyone's trying to, to pull you back in because they're yeah. in the comfort zone and you're trying to get out of the comfort zone and trying to go for that freedom, the financial freedom and security and- it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But if you have that will and desire, and like I tell people, just 30 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, like I do stock courses. I realized when I was investing, I didn't know. I realized, and I'd been doing it for years. And I, I realized I just had to, and I had done well and I got lucky. And I, and I just said, I don't know what I'm doing. And I needed, I just started applying myself and started taking stock courses, even just 30 minutes a day. It adds yeah. up over time. And then if, even if something's overwhelming and you feel like you're the dumbest person in the world, just wake up tomorrow and try it again. I promise it gets a little easier. And it's like the self-help books. Sometimes you listen to this stuff and you listen and you listen and you listen. And then just one day, just something clicks. Yeah, and yeah. you might've heard that information 30 times in 30 different books. And it didn't, it didn't do anything for you. But that 31st time you wake up and something just clicks. And that's what you just got it. You just got to try. And Tony Robbins always says just 20 minutes a day of something, even yeah. with our jobs and people are working and we work in a modern day slave society. I say where they take our time and they pay us very little for it, where we're tired. We, we just want to, you just want to relax, just play around on social media, watch TV, just set aside 20, 30 minutes for personal development on something and it could help you reach your goal eventually. It might not, it's not going to happen overnight, but you just got to start somewhere and just do it. Yeah. And the thing is, I think that so often people who like right now, there are people who you go to on social media, you look at their profiles on social media. So <clears throat> you see what they're doing and maybe yeah. you think, oh, I wish I could be like them. Now, here's the thing you're looking at them wishing that you could be like them but if you actually did what they did instead of looking at what they do yes imagine where you could be so it's like being a creator instead of being a consumer now this makes perfect sense to me and like i feel like a light bulb went off when i kind of understood this but i find it very hard to communicate that because like 
when you're when you're scrolling through someone's Instagram, you see what they're doing and you're like, whoa, like I I want to be like that, like that's really cool. Yes. And then you try to essentially like emulate it, but you don't do exactly what they're doing. Like instead, they don't you have think, the tools either. They don't know yet. They don't they don't know yeah. they don't have the recipe yet either. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing though, they continue kind of scrolling through Instagram, for example, I'm watching random TV, not realizing that that's not what the people that you're looking up to do. Um, so I think instead of like looking up to people, it's like look across and see yourself as on the same level as them. Because when you can actually shift your mindset to be like that, it changes everything. And it also changes the way that you communicate with people. Like, for, ex for example, I literally just like DM'd Ed Milet one day and I was like, hi Ed, I love your work. I'm doing this. Would you like to come on my podcast? And he was like, yeah, like I, I see what you're doing. It's really cool. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come on. Yep. So then he came on my podcast. Now, if I had been like, oh my God, hey Ed, I'm a massive fan of yours. Um, uh, this, 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 and this, and been all like cringy with it, then he wouldn't have said yes. Because he, no. he would have immediately, even though he doesn't intend to do this because he's a very, like, very amazing guy. I agree. He never he would have immediately seen me as beneath him, right? Yeah. That's just that's just the fact of it. So, so often, like, when when you're DMing people, let's just say, firstly, amazing that you're DMing them because there is nothing better than actually thanking someone for their work. Yeah. Like, whenever, whenever I hear someone's podcast and I love it, like, the amount of times that I have sent Pat Flynn a direct message saying, your podcast today helped me and this is what I achieved thanks to it. I appreciate you. Um, either a DM or an email or just sharing it on my story. Like I share, I share so much on my story where I take a screenshot and I'm like, thank you. And then I tag the people who are on the podcast saying, thank you so much. Like, this is what I learned. This is what I'm implementing it. And here's how it can help like my audience. Literally like that means so much to them. But anyway, so yeah, I think it's just realizing, like, don't obviously consume content. Consuming content is amazing as long as it's helping you and, and as long as it's not mindless scrolling. It's very but addicting, too, though, which is a thing. But it comes back yes. the the thing, too, is, and you this, you hit the nail on the head, it's your mindset. And I think you need to find the people that you like what they're doing and not, not it's, it's almost like the a self-help book. You, you don't want to be reading 50 of them at one time. You want to take... No, yeah, you don't want to go to like 20 different podcasts. That's yeah. pr I think that's something that a lot of people do. Yep. Like I have probably about... I, I'm subscribed to a lot of podcasts. Don't get me wrong because like in case I see an episode title that I love, but there's probably at the moment three podcasts that I listen to regularly yeah. and I'm listening because I'm going back in the archives. Like I'm scrolling way back to their first ever shows yep. and... um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, if you try and listen to so many people for information, then it's dangerous. You'll actually then, get make it worse. You'll it's yeah, like over. You just your brain will go haywire. Yeah, like often you don't need more content; you need more implementation. <laughs> so that's very very important. Um, and so like yeah, anyone listening to this right now, I just encourage you to actually finally take action on something that you've perhaps been putting off for ages. Because guess what? Tomorrow it's not going to be any better. No. There's no better time. And now, as cliche as <laughs> no, but a lot too. I think a lot of people, you know, I've been fortunate. I always had an idea what I always wanted to do with my life, and I've adjusted that as time has gone on. So many people don't know what they want to do, and I think that's an important first step: is ask yourself, "What do I want to do?" and figure that out first. And if you that is what you're searching for, and you know, and then when you see something that that resonates with you, that you like what someone is doing, and you think that that could be the thing for you. 
then start kind of narrow it down to that that sector or whatever that is that you're looking at and then don't just you got to find out what you want to do first essentially though yeah and a lot of people don't know that and i think that's very important it's okay not to know it the world is a confusing place but i think 100%. if you can narrow, narrow that down it will really help simplify the process yeah i mean i think that is a really tough one because like yeah thinking, what do I want to do? You start thinking about like the long term. So like, if I think, hey, what do I want to do? Like, what do I actually want to do? Like, that's overwhelming for me. It's you know, I'm 22. Like, I'm just like, what What do I actually want to do? Like, uh, my gosh, there's so much that I could do, all these different things. I do have a big long-term goal that I do want to achieve. But like, when it comes to what do I want to do, I think it's kind of like a scary question. So something that I found really, really helps me is like asking, okay, what problem do I want to solve? Like for yes. me, yeah, it really like starts with problems. So I figured out like I want to help people solve the problem of working a job that they really, really hate and not feeling fulfilled because I know how much that sucks. Um, so often the problem that you want to solve comes from a a previous part of your life that has been painful or people around you, right? So maybe your mom has had her hair fall out. So maybe now you want to help solve the problem of like people who have alopecia, but where their hair falls out, right? Yeah. Um, that could be something that you go into or like making wigs. Like then you figure out like, hey, what's my vehicle to do that? Oh, I'm going to make wigs because I'm not trained in like science. So maybe I can make some nice wigs. Do you know what I mean? So like, this is I was great thinking advice, the other day, yeah. Yeah, like I was thinking the other day because um, I obviously have my impact school business. Once that has been more so automated, um, I, I really want to start like a product business as well. And so I have been like umming and ahhing about it for ages. And it's always been something that I've been considering, but I'm just like, okay, I know nothing about this. But that kind of makes it fun. And that's why I think I will do it. Not this year, maybe, probably next year. And by the way, for anyone listening who's like, but you're putting it off into the future. Yes, because I already have a lot going on, which yes. is going really well, which I love. So this is more of like a longer term thing. So I was thinking, okay, what is a problem that I've had? Now, people are going to laugh. and Maybe some people will find it weird that I'm like saying this, but it relates. So it's not really a problem, but when I lost weight, right, I pretty much like lost my boobs. So I'm like, okay, well, it's really hard to find nice bras that look good when you have no boobs. <laughs> and so I was like, wait, this is the problem that I'm suffering with? not really suffering because like lesbian is I just wear a sports bra <laughs> the whole time. But um, I was like, oh my gosh, I could create an underwear company for people who have small boobs, yeah. right? And so I'm I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's amazing because I'm solving a problem. I'm going to help women feel empowered. I'm going to help them like feel good about themselves and all that. And so I was like, ah, there we go. So this is a great example as to how you can think about a problem. Like, we <laughs> no, that's and that's it's funny you say this because my here's my and I went I go really big when I do things. I figured out a long time ago after reading one of Tony Robbins books, I was one problem. I've always loved dogs. I love my dogs more than anything in the world. I in my and I, it was a crazy goal that I wrote down many, 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 many years ago is I want to have the world's largest dog shelter where dogs can where the, with a specialty center the whole deal, the, the the daycare, everything, but where dogs could live their lives if they're never adopted. I'm talking massive facility. It would take so much money, and that was what I wrote down, and it was, well, how the hell am I going to do this working for other people? Uh, mm. I'm probably not, but I kind of just backtracked, and I just, well, I love wrestling, 
I love wrestling. I love working out. This job is something I really think I could could thrive in. And but it, it took me time to kind of figure that out and just adjust along the way. But I set a huge goal, and then I yeah. kind of was looking back. Well, how the hell am I going to ever get that much money? And then you just kind of. But it all comes yeah. back to kind of finding what you what you like and learning about yourself, self development. And it was a process yeah. for me to get to this. And I'm in. I want to run gyms. Feed me more fitnesses eventually need massive amounts of wealth to do what I want to do on that. So, and I backtrack and I just keep kind of just doing smaller things and, and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, an extreme like version, but it's. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's, it's, it's literally like, okay, right now you're a hundred pounds overweight. Oh my God. I want to lose a hundred pounds. That is so much weight. Okay, just break it down into yep. small, actionable small daily tasks, like uh, 10,000 steps per day. You're going to track your macros and make sure that you're in a 200-calorie deficit, not like the type of deficit I was in. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> to account your BMR. Um, you're going to also go work out at the gym four times a week following a workout program. You're going to invest in amazing supplements that you sell. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, things like that, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I'm the same. I have a massive, massive goal. And it's really interesting that you say you want a dog shelter because you said you love dogs and all yeah. that. Now, I also have a massive, massive goal. And it's that I really, really want to 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 be able to fund research into epilepsy because that's what my brother. Yep. Yeah, that's what my brother has suffered from. You've been personally so, affected by it. I had two dogs exactly. I had to put down when I was younger that were not ready okay. to be put down. But I was forced to because I was I was I didn't have any money and I wasn't in control of the situation and it really tore me apart at a very young age. Yeah. So that, that led to me, I was like, I don't want anyone to ever have to feel the feelings that I felt that day and felt for exactly. a while. Yeah. Yep. That's it. So it's just solving problems like entrepreneurs are problem solvers. And so, yeah, I mean, I hope that this just gets you thinking listeners because it, it, trust me, like it, it just, Oh, it's so fulfilling being able to like actually help people. And for sure, at the beginning, you may be motivated by money and that is fine. And look, don't get me wrong. I love making money. I Absolutely, find it fun. Yeah. But money isn't the thing that's going to keep you going. It trust won't. me. No, it really, really won't. But at the same time, allow it to get you started because you need to have some momentum because momentum just breeds momentum. And Absolutely. that's the beauty of it. And I wanted to talk to you. The, the reason I wanted to bring you on is because I, I love what you're doing on social media. And Thank for, you. I kind of had my moment not long ago, and for me with wrestling, we're exposed. There's there's a there's a lot of good fans. There's a lot of bad fans, so to speak. That yeah. are, in social media can be a very negative place. And mm. I, being a very positive person, though, realized, and I had to take a step back. I was I was not using social media to the best of my ability because I was focusing on the negatives. I was. Mm. I, I don't I hate social media. It's addictive. It's it's negative. It brings out the worst in people. And yeah, you're a consumer. Yeah, and, but I was I was putting out my content, but I wasn't I wasn't interacting with my fans. I wasn't I wasn't responding to the good ones because I was just shutting out social media. I was like, oh, I got to use this. It's part of business. I've talked to Gary. Gary messaged me years ago, Vaynerchuk, and said, and he's a big wrestling fan. It was actually me getting on a plane after a wrestling appearance, and I had my business. I just wrote my motivational book. Things were were good, but I was very early on. And but Gary just said, "You're doing it. Keep killing it." So just sent me a message, and it was like I I replied back to him. I go, "Are you with me?" Because I didn't feel good about myself, and I didn't. I wasn't enjoying the process as much as I should have. Yeah. But 
I had a something just shifted where I was like, I'm as positive as I am. I'm being very negative about all this. Mm. And I just realized I have the ability to actually communicate with my fan base and the, all the good people. You block out the bad. And I can actually, I just kind of, so was like motivate and enrich and enable. Tried it. And I started commenting on people's posts. And I came yeah. across a girl that's going through chemotherapy who happened to be a wrestling wow. fan I didn't know and just left a genuine, nice comment, which I find just yeah. being genuine and authentic. And it just shifted everything in my mindset where I look yeah. at social media now and I hear you talking about it, how excited and happy it made you feel. And I realized it was, mm -hmm. I was the problem all along on how I was viewing it that this stuff is truly the most amazing thing, which Gary talks about all the time, yeah. but it's how yeah. we view it and how we approach it. And I really commend you. I think you have you have it figured out, I think, essentially on, on how to use it. Is that what has helped you just being genuine and just enjoying and focusing on the good? Yeah, I mean, I, I speak about my struggles and I speak about what is problematic for my audience, right? So that I can help them overcome it. So for me, it's really just been about adding value. Like I make sure yeah. that all of my content is valuable. Recently, I, cause I, I've always posted like very long captions. If you go to my page and scroll back, you'll see essays and essays. Um, <clears throat> now recently I did a poll on my audience cause it's like, you know, you've got to engage with them and take their feedback on board. Yeah. And I figured they, they, 70% of them said that they prefer shorter captions. So that's something I'm going to try and test, but I'm constantly trying and testing things based upon their feedback and I think it's really important because then they feel like I'm actually listening because I am and I, I DM everyone like I will literally reach out to them I will send them videos just to show that it's actually me because sometimes people who are big on social media have people like who own their social media profiles and so people when I reply with like a video or a voice note um, people are like oh my gosh it's actually you you actually replied <clears throat> and so I'm like yes this is it like this is what I do I love doing this and so it's cool I mean for me it's like okay knowing who my audience is yep. knowing what problems of theirs I'm trying to figure it out and help them solve um, knowing what products I can create like online courses and stuff that I can sell in order to help them overcome those problems and also like making sure that I'm being consistent and always, I, I kind of create coin this thing because my business, everything starts with like impact. Yep. So I, I call it like the impact filter. And every time you post social media, ask yourself, what value is this adding to my target audience? And if it's not adding any value, then just, you know, sack it off. But you know, if it's, it can be entertainment, like it can be entertainment. It doesn't always have to be educational or inspirational or motivational. Yeah. It could be something funny. Um, so yesterday I posted like a funny morning routine to my YouTube channel and it's just like a bit of a joke, like where I'm taking the mick out of those really, I don't think you guys in America say taking the mick. It's like <laughs> kind of like, uh, kind of like pretending to do one of those like really ridiculously hours and hours long morning routines that you hear some people talk about. Yep. And then at the end, I like make it very obvious that it is a joke, but like that type of thing's funny as well. Cause it also is memorable. So it's just like figuring out, okay, how can I actually stand out and not just blend into the crowd? And when you're solving people's problems, you're going to have no problem with that. People say it's too crowded and that it's oversaturated, but it is not. People are posting rubbish content yeah. even today. Like even in probably 2020 and beyond, like people are posting bad content. And so you can stand out easily if you just add value. And I think just being yourself though too, and knowing I, that's me, I love laughing and I love comedy. Yeah. And I try to always, if I laugh, I feel good. So I always try to post things that are funny along with posting value and things of that nature. But I think just, right. 
the whole thing with social media, and it's just like in real life, you just the more that yourself, the more genuine you are, the more authentic, more authentic you are, you're gonna attract the right people. People are gonna are gonna like you. And social yeah. media is no different. And and just being yourself. So if you're doing like, and you see, I've seen you make posts on how and certain people and we certain fitness women or different things are doing kind of, or the Bible yeah. quote with the half naked picture and like you kind of see yeah. this thing, but like it's just. And you can't worry about what everybody else is doing necessarily. And I see, I've had people say to me, oh, you don't want a podcasting. Everyone's podcasting these days. Like, no, I enjoy it. And I think everybody should have a podcast. It's it, like anything else. There's always going to be competition. But if you do and enjoy what you do, the, the, the cream is always going to rise to the top over time. And, yeah, but you yeah. just focus on what you do and, and be happy and do it. And don't worry about the money necessarily, anything like that. But, and like you said, add value, I think is the, it all comes down to that at the end. Yeah. I think the biggest problem that people have on social media, if they're trying to grow is that they post a photo and then they just post a caption, which is just like, today was a great day. I went to the gym. I saw my friends. Like I did this. Like no one cares about you. Social yeah. media is people are going to follow you for them. Now, the reason why they follow you is going to depend upon you. For example, some people like, you know, those half naked photos, like you said, the guys who are probably following those women are following them to get something out of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like people follow me because they know that I'm going to give actionable steps and strategies in order to grow on social media, build an online business and actually be productive and motivated for life. Absolutely. Whereas like, yeah, and work for, but that's because like I make sure that you know I have a podcast where people can go to. I go have a YouTube channel where people can go to. Um, you don't need to have all the platforms at the beginning either. I recommend Instagram plus one. I was going to ask you that one. your favorite platforms because I've realized that and I have a lot of the different ones. But what your favorites were? Yeah, so I think that Instagram plus one. So it really everything boils down to who your people are. So who are your ideal followers essentially? Like who's who are the people whose problems you're solving? So um, it's like what would be better for you for your secondary platform? Would it be a video or an audio? Um, depends upon you and your personal preferences, and also where your audience are hanging out. So let's just say your audience are like middle-aged mums. They're probably not necessarily going to be listening to like as many podcasts. Um, sorry, watch. They're probably not necessarily going to be watching as many YouTube videos just because of the nature of like how they operate. Instead, they are probably listening to the podcast while they're driving their kids to school, yeah. um, picking them up. They're probably also inside Facebook groups. So get yourself inside some Facebook groups. Um, but the reason why I recommend Instagram, honestly, to most people is because like most people are using it now. But you it's also need either you need either a YouTube or a podcast because it's evergreen. Yeah. And that's what people forget. Like evergreen essentially means it's like the tree. It's like it doesn't go old. Um, so people will still be consuming that content way into the future. Whereas like Instagram is very fast. It is more like it is a social media, whereas YouTube and podcasts are more like content platforms rather Absolutely. than like social media, I'd say. Yep. Um, so it, it really, here's the thing. People focus on the icing on the cake. Like what hashtag should I use? What time should I post? Like, should I follow and unfollow people? Whereas they're not focusing on the basic fundamentals, which are focus on your people, focus on their problems, make sure you're on the right platforms and also make sure you're adding value consistently. Like it, yeah. if you do that, you're going to kill it. <laughs> it can, that's where the awakening was for me. It just comes out, just be yourself and be genuine and do it from a, a good place in your heart and be like you would. You wouldn't want to act fake in real life with people. You want to just be yourself and just, like you said, add value. And it really simplifies everything when you do that. And yeah. 
I found two of the different platforms. Like I, I soured on Snapchat a long time ago because I liked Instagram so much better, but I realized I wasn't, and I had a, I had a good following on Snapchat because they followed me on that because of my silliness. I would use the filters to, to show a different side of myself on that. Yeah. And then I kind of cut that out and people didn't like that. And I finally that just literally just happened to me, like literally yeah. in the past couple of weeks. So I was like trying to be too professional on my YouTube and stuff. And I kind of stopped posting vlogs as much. And I used to post tons of like full day of eating videos and stuff like that. And I've done like 10,000 calorie challenges and stuff. I uh, saw that. Very... Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. And people were like commenting because I posted a video essentially saying like why my content got boring. And I explained like that I felt like I wasn't able to show up as myself. And literally people are so happy that I'm now going back to my normal stuff. And it's because I felt like I was basically trying to be too professional. I've had um, the same thing. Like, yeah, people would, would take me more seriously if I showed up as more professional. But then I realized like, no, people will take you seriously if you're just yourself. <laughs> I had the same thing with and I, I sometimes, I, I oftentimes, and I use Twitter in a different way than I use Instagram. And I found I was, I would ask myself that same thing because people would look at me as this wrestler, but I've always kind of been this funny, sarcastic guy. And I realized, I was like, wait, should I not be doing this because people won't take me serious as um, somebody yeah. in the supplement industry? And then I exactly. realized, I go, no, it's because when I'm talking about that, I'm different and I am informing them I and I come across differently with that because I know what I'm talking about in that field. Yeah. And it's okay to just be yourself. And it, maybe yeah. not everyone's going to accept it, but you'll ultimately be a lot happier. And it just, it's, I think that's great advice and just yeah. enjoying the platforms for what they are and, and taking advantage of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So get creating people. And Lauren, I know, I know you're strapped on time. You're all the way on the other side of the world here. I always like to, <laughs> I like to ask these interviews uh, and kind of with everyone I have on, if you could just narrow everything down to one piece of advice, life advice you can give our listeners, just pick one thing. What would that be? If you feel like you want to do something, like if you feel like you're made for bigger things than what you're currently doing right now, you have to make it happen. Because if you have that feeling, then you're one of those people, you know, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to do it. There's this feeling that you get, like this vision. If you have that, you got to act on it. Otherwise, you're just going to live in regret. You will regret it. That is that is great advice. And Lauren, where could everybody find you? You're the Impact School podcast, correct? And then on Instagram, Lauren Tickner? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I would actually love it if people could, like, let us know what their number one takeaway from this podcast is by just taking a screenshot and then sharing it on their story and tagging the both of us. So, yeah, my Instagram is Lauren Tickner, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-C-K-N-E-R. And, um, yeah. I'm also on YouTube. Like I have a podcast that is specifically designed for fitness coaches as well. If anyone wants to go from personal trainer or fitness per interest person to uh, fitness interest person, fitness <laughs> enthusiast <laughs> to online fitness coach, it's called business meets fitness. Um, but impact school is like one of my biggest audiences. And uh, I would love it. If you could tune in, subscribe and enjoy. Good deal. And I look forward to hopefully come on there with you as well. And yes, uh, mix it yeah. up on, on your end. We're going to talk about your story in depth. Yeah, let's do it. I would, I would thoroughly enjoy that. Well, Lauren, thank you very much for your time. And guys, we will be right back after these messages. 
What's going on, guys? It's the big guy Ryback here to talk to you today about betonline.ag. That's right, betonline.ag. Now, personally, I'm not a big betting man, but if I was, I would be going to betonline.ag. Whether you're a baseball fan, hockey fan, baseball, whatever the sport, you can you can put all your bets on betonline.ag. I was personally rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights here uh, to go all the way to win the Stanley Cup uh, championship, and unfortunately, that was uh, in our second year in existence. Uh, we're 0 for 2, but uh, another hell of a season, and uh, I'm really rooting for the Knights to hopefully hopefully make their way back next year. We will see. Go figure that Vegas has become a, a hockey town. But no matter what your sport is, no matter what your team, if you like placing bets, you got to check out betonline.ag. All you need to do, guys, is go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag and try their in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play. Use promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as three to four grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right, we are back. We got Raj Geary here with Wrestling Inc. for the Wrestling Report. Ryan Satin was at Double or Nothing out on... uh, out on assignment, I guess you could say. Raj, what's going on? <laughs> Not much. I was actually just talking with Ryan yesterday at the uh, at the weigh-ins. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. I get along with him well on here, so it's uh, I enjoy doing this every week. Absolutely. But, but yeah, it's a, a crazy busy, crazy busy week. Uh, so much going on right now. Um, we have you know, obviously the big story, double or nothing. Uh, I thought that was a tremendous success. It, it was the the last few matches just really delivered. Uh, I thought it was uh and and it's kind of the old school how a UFC show goes where you have the the biggest stuff at the top and you know and and it goes in order of importance which WWE does doesn't really do that with their shows. So I thought the show kind of started I, I don't know if it's a little flat but it it uh, just kept building and building to where the at the end I thought it was just uh, amazing. I agree. I uh, I ordered it and uh, I enjoyed it. They all the big matchups, the big names, all those matchups delivered. And by that, the the young bucks in their tag match, the um, Cody and Dustin match, and the Omega Jericho match. I thought those three alone were worth the price of the pay per view. Um, Absolutely. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about with all this too. And I, I think I, I agree with you on the beginning. I, I got it. Watched the the battle royal. 
and and everything was great all along. I think uh, it, the really cool thing is going to be to see how this progresses. But for their for their first pay per view as All Elite Wrestling, I, I thought it was a huge success, and it built up all the way to the end. The I liked their production. I thought there's some kinks, obviously, in there at, at different moments. Very, and this is nitpicking now. Very, very minor that I think, like for the first one, I think we're uh, on our way to a great product. So it was. Uh, I'm happy for all involved, and seems yeah. like wrestling fans uh, have nothing. It's been very positive. So that that's always a good thing. Absolutely, and I I thought the look it reminded me a, a lot of uh, Monday Nitro. Like the yeah. uh, the black ropes and and and, uh, and the 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 gray ring, I thought it, uh, which which I think is great. I love that that look back in the day. Absolutely, that and I think that's important because so the production value too. It's going to be WWE's been doing this for how long, and and they've got it down, and they've got their style, and it and they're great. There's no arguing. There's nobody that what they do. They're they're the best at what they do with all that, mm-hmm. and but I thought this had a different look, yet a very professional feel. The set, everything, I thought it all, and it was unique, it was unique to them, it was different. Very, though, very reminiscent of the old WCW that I grew up watching, and I always liked that as a kid, that there were two different, when I watched WCW, it had a different vibe to me than watching WWE. Yeah. And that's what this had, and I think that's, I think that's a huge positive coming out of all this, um, with everything, and I'm, you know what I'm really curious about too, Raj, is how I'm really want to see how the pay per view numbers are coming back because WWE abandoning that, Vince saying years ago the pay per view industry was dead. UFC has obviously right. proven that wrong. Now with somebody like All Elite Wrestling coming in and going back to pay per view, if they do if they do really good numbers on that, you know, it it, it just paydays were always better when under the pay per view system for the talent. And, and right. whatnot, and if they're not running a, you know, fifteen pay per views a year, and instead they're having four to six, and they draw these huge numbers, and the paydays are really good. I just think that's, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see. I know on the site it was uh, really busy last night. It was like when it wasn't quite WrestleMania numbers, but it was kind of similar to like a SummerSlam and and uh, you know the the bigger shows. I thought uh, the response, you know, online has been great, but you know, this is all obviously right now a, a hardcore fan base. Um, we'll have to see how much they expand out of that. You know, once they get on TV and everything, that, that's gonna that's gonna change. But I agree. Well, that's too. You got to look at. I think that's where the interesting part of this is going to come in is, and and I've talked about this with other people, and you got the hardcore fan base, and that's great. When you go right. to the when you when you move over to TV, and WWE is experiencing this, and we talked about that last week, is when you're dealing with major TV networks and ratings, you need they they have expectations on what those ratings need to be, and I think the the question out of all of this is okay, we have this roster. There's a lot of new guys. It takes time for character development and 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 whatnot, and they and they got some names now there. How will this transition to TV? How are the ratings? What's the feedback going to be with the casual audience in this? That that, that they're going to need that audience still, in, in as far as the ratings go. And I'm so that's what I'm really just want. I, I fingers crossed on all of this. Just from a as a pro wrestler and as a pro wrestling fan. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, that's one thing I think a lot of people have not been talking about is when you're going to be on TNT, you got to you got to get numbers. And uh, TNT last year, they averaged 1.3 million viewers in primetime. You know, SmackDown right now is doing 1.8, 1.9. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, they're, they're going to have to perform and, and uh, hopefully uh, they get enough promotion and, and the, the channels behind them that they could bring in uh, a lot of a newer audience that have maybe, uh, you know, stopped watching. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll tell you the way, Raj, and the, the good thing about this is, and I, Cody and talked about knowing him for a long time. I don't know. So, and with that style and, and, and different things of whatnot of, of different matchups, I just am curious on for you because I know for me, of everything I watched last night, what one moment was the most powerful moment for you, matchup wise? Not not counting the Dean Ambrose coming out at the end is that was that was awesome, but just from the all the the advertised matchups on that card, for you, what was the one? I, I thought Moment. it was Cody and, du- Cody and Dustin. Um, yep. I just thought they the storytelling in that match is not flips. It's not dives. It's just storytelling, old school. Uh, and I, I love that. That was my favorite match on the show. Uh, agreed wholeheartedly. And, and where I was going with that is, this is the one thing I think has been missing from pro wrestling. And, and Cody, he, he has a lot of Dusty in him. And uh, <laughs> he understands this. And... Yeah. So, and you have this matchup, and Dustin's a lot older as well, and hasn't wrestled. A lot of these these guys didn't wrestle for; they haven't wrestled for a while. And when you get that moment they had in the ring, and then throughout the whole match, and, and getting blood and bringing that element back, which I thought was something that is needed from time to time. I don't think you have to kill yourself and go overboard with blood all the time, but blood in the right situation right. with the right storyline. <laughs> And that emotion that you felt is, is, and I'm telling you, watching that match as a fan and, and just knowing everything, I was worried for Dustin with the amount of blood he was losing. That yeah. is he going to be able to finish this match? And it reminded me back to Eddie Guerrero back in the day when Eddie got busted open and, and was just bleeding out like crazy out there. And you, they different shots of the blood just pouring out, getting caked on his face like that. And this is what I try to tell people with pro wrestling. You can do all the moves in the world. If there's no emotion behind it, mm-hmm. it's meaningless. The moves are awesome, and they have they, they belong in pro wrestling. Right. But it's if you can reel people in with that emotion, which Cody and Dustin did, and I thought it was the strongest, most memorable moment of the show, not counting the Dean stuff as far as that was a different thing, but just as far as matchups and bringing people in and watching that, with between Cody and Dustin and knowing the history of everything and how much they've wanted this match. And I know how much Cody and Dustin wanted that, the WrestleMania match from being there all those years and seeing that playoff pay off at the end there. But it was one of those feel good moments. It could have closed out the show, but it didn't fit with having the Dean stuff to close out the show. So I thought the placement of it was perfect. But if you can have pro wrestling and have that style that they want to have and mm-hmm. then have that, that story element where you make people feel the emotion, you, you don't have to have it all the time, but if you just have it in there occasionally, people will put up with all the other stuff for those real moments that we used to have a lot more of in pro wrestling. So that was, right. I tip my cap to them as far as, as doing that. And, and it was, uh, I just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. So uh, getting back to the show here, it's, uh, it opened up with the 21 man uh, battle Royale. Uh, a, a lot of 
up-and-comers involved in this match, Brian Pillman Jr., Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, Sean Spears, uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, eventually, it was won by Adam Page. I, I really don't see who else could have won this match. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on this? I enjoyed it. I thought in, that's – so the one thing watching this is I try to watch things as a like, – I, like a lot of these guys, and I've heard of, of some of these guys, but I try to always watch things as like a wrestling fan – that a casual fan who's watching it for the first time. And there's a lot of people that people aren't going to know. But again, this is, I thought, athletically and everything that they did, you see some characters out there that they're going to have some things set up. And I think it's the, the interesting thing out of all this is the, their undercard storylines that they run with TV and stuff. That's going to be really, really key and pivotal for, for a lot of these guys in getting their characters over, which the only thing you could do is just give it time. But from a battle royal standpoint and going out there and, and you know, seeing Spears, you know, come back. And uh, I, I liked it. And I thought the right guy won. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they go with all of that. Yeah, it made sense. And uh, and sometimes that's, that's, that's the, the key. best thing it you made, can ask for, It right? made sense. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and after that, we had Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian. Uh, Two really impressive up-and-comers. Super uh, athletic guys, yeah. Super athletic. Uh, Guevara hit the Deathly Hollows, got the cover, got the three count. Um, yeah, yeah, what were your thoughts on this? I liked it. I thought those guys, there was a lot of wrestling on the show, and I think, again, the the from a wrestling standpoint, everything was great, and I think it's just going to be getting these guys TV time, pay-per-view time, and getting the crowd invested in them um, and their characters. And I think that takes time. So, but again, they're on phenomenal matchup, and I enjoyed it. Guys like that 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 are that athletic that could do do some really really cool things in the ring. The next thing from that is just character development. Absolutely, and 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 that's a big one. Um, and after that, we went the pay per view officially started. That was uh, that was the pre show. So we went to the pay per view. Um, Cody, Matt. Matt and Nick Jackson cut a promo, Kenny Omega, talking about the attendance, joking that there you got 20,000 people there. It's really I like it. Did that <laughs> cut out for you, at the, by the way, towards the end? It did, yeah. Yeah, there were some production snafus here and there. Okay, um, that happened to me as well, and it was right when they were getting fired up, and I go, oh, what the hell happened? And they came back, and it was all over. Right, yeah. But I, yeah, up awkward. until that point, it was great. Right. No, no, it was it was really good. Um as far as the show itself, the production that you, there are a few minor snafus, but this is their first time doing a pay per view, and I thought, uh, yep, it, I agree, it, it wasn't over overbearing or anything like that. Um, the commentary, I thought Jr. was great, uh, but I think the the commentary needs a, a little work. Yeah, and that's the thing too, Raj, with a new with a new company like this, and so they they got all these pieces, they're getting everything in place, that they're going to go back and they're going to look at all this. And they're going to go, okay, what worked and what needs to be improved? And they're going to improve it. And it's like yeah. a business. When you start a business, you do things. It sometimes takes businesses years and years and years to work out all the kinks. And they're going to have to do this at a really, really fast rate. But they have all the people in place. They have financially the ability to do so. And and uh, I agree. Just certain very small things in it, like nitpicking on that because I think the bar has been set so high by WWE on what fans expect production right. wise. And I think they're going to do nothing but improve on that from, from 
show to show. Yeah, and I actually, uh, as far as the look of the show, I prefer. I'm, I'm a little more old school. I don't like the screens all over the place. And, yeah, you know, it looks like a video game. I, I kind of like this look better personally. Uh, it fit my style more, I guess. Yeah, no, um, I too. Same thing. Back in the watching WCW and, and WWE, I always enjoyed having the two different feels right. on that. And, and so I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. Uh, so the opening match on the show was SCU versus Sema, T Hawk, and Lindemann. Um, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of great action. Uh, Daniels uh, got the cover after the the moonsault pile driver combo with the the best melter ever. Uh, SCU wins this by a pinfall. Uh, really fun opener. Absolutely, and I'm I'm really happy for Daniels. He uh, that, he's a man. What a great dude. I got to do some shows in Australia with him. And uh, I hadn't, I'd met him before at WrestleMania many years ago. Out, so I think we, me and Stu Bennett, Wade Barrett were out and ran into him and Kazarian, both awesome guys. And so I'm glad they're finally, you know, with their careers, they're, they're both up there as far as being older and uh, that they, they have a stage now to uh, perform with, in front of more people. And I thought, they, I thought everyone involved did a great job. Yeah, I agree. I thought they were great. Uh, Allie was on commentary for the next match. We had Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray. And uh, Brandy Rhodes came out and introduced a surprise fourth participant who was Awesome Kong. Uh, I uh, I thought that added greatly. I thought the reaction from the crowd said it all. And uh, it was it was I haven't seen her in in some time. So it was uh, that element of surprise. Was always something I enjoyed in pro wrestling, Raj, and so, and I felt like they they delivered on that aspect of it last night. Absolutely, I agree 100. percent Plus, I also felt like, like I think Brett Baker is going to be a big star, um, but I felt like the crowd didn't really know or, or were not overly familiar with the the women involved in the match, and so when Awesome Kong came in, it, it, that added the star power to it. Absolutely, and, and again, you got to so they haven't had TV either leading up. This was essentially almost like a cold pay per view outside of the, the online stuff that they've done. But when you have TV in place and everything, that's what it, all this stuff will be amplified with TV eventually as they move forward. Right. And so uh, Britt Baker won this match, pinning Kylie Ray. Um, yeah, I thought, again, I thought it was a, a good way to get some star power on the show, and it was a, a, a fun match. Have the women, they, they had a couple different, you know, women's matchups, and I think that's really important with everything going on, and I thought everyone delivered. And, and having Kong is the element of surprise. Job well done by everyone involved. Yeah. Uh, up next, we had the best friends versus Jack Evans and, and Helico. Uh, and Helico and Jack Evans from Lucha Underground. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like a broken record, but another really, another really good match. I, I felt like this was another one where – the crowd didn't really care who won, yep. but they were into the action. And, um, and and I felt like up to up until this point on the show, it, it wasn't who won as opposed to just the wrestling. Yeah. And I thought, you know, they had the ending. And again, so a lot of these things, I, I'm not familiar with some of the, the talent at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it as this, and, I, and it's okay, action-wise, it's great. Now we just, again, it's going to come down to TV and getting invested in individual characters and understanding what is going on. Um, on a grander scale, so but athletic wise and everything, it was uh, it, it's it was its own thing in a tag match on the on the show, and again, everything had its place kind of to set up for the the big advertised matchups. I thought, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Chucky Taylor got the win 
uh, with the the double stomps from the top rope. Afterwards, uh, the Super Smash Brothers came into the ring and attacked. Uh, the crowd had no idea who these guys were. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 I thought that part kind of came off flat. Fans were chanting, uh, who are you? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, to your point, you got to build young talent and, and start getting them uh, on the show. So that's what they did here. And again, and too, that's the, you're going to have this with the situation that they're in right now. It's just, it, this is part of it. But as long as their big matchups over-deliver like they did, people will, aren't going to focus on that as a negative because they were so happy with other parts of the show. Yeah. Um, next up, we had a six uh, six women's tag team match: Aja Kong, y- Yuki Sasaki, Ima Sakura versus Hikari Shida. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm butchering a couple of these. Uh, Rio Abe and uh, Ryu Muzunami. Um, uh, yeah, it, kind of the same thing. I felt like the crowd they, they didn't have a favorite in this match, but yeah. uh, it was a good effort and. Uh, uh, Shida hit the running knee on Sakura for the one, two, three. Yep, same. It's kind of like you said, just the, the broken record on some of these, and it's just character development and the crowd getting invested in them, and, and it takes time. So, but everybody went out there and delivered action wise. Yeah, <laughs> and so up next, uh, we got into really the the bigger matches on the show with Cody uh, versus Dustin Rhodes. Cody came out. They had this Triple H set thing that they had set up at the front and I Cody, noticed it, yeah. Yeah, he grabbed a sledgehammer and, and what'd you what'd you think of that? Seemed out of place to me. I don't know. I I'm I'm all for taking your shots and, and things like that. I think it makes it interesting. Um but it just seemed I don't know, it seemed forced. I so I I actually in knowing Cody and I I know some backstory on things that I I'm not gonna talk about it on here that I've talked about with Cody before and because I've had my different situations with hunter and i know cody has as well and uh this is personal <laughs> people need to like the feelings i have i'm not the only one so i the only thing i would have this is nitpicking raj i so i love the whole thing i love i love why they did it i thought the yeah. crowd with the way that they've set this up where cody and them are the good guys to the fans and Vince and this this big huge corporation is the evil. I I like that, and I think yeah. it I think it's good. I wish the only thing I wish they would have had the explosion or something be a little bigger. Yeah, um, that was where it felt a little weird. But I don't think I don't think the crowd cared as much because it was more of the idea of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And that was my only thing is I kind of, I was like, oh, I wish that thing would have exploded into a million pieces. <laughs> yeah. But th- that's obviously, it's easier said than done. I, I liked it though for, for what it was, but. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and I'm with you. I thought, I thought one of the things I really liked during the Monday night wars was the shots that they were taking at each other. It made it feel more real. It felt personal. It felt, uh, felt like you were in a war and, um, Absolutely. But, but the fact, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, they're not so subtle. Destroying the Triple H uh, <laughs> chair, the throne, and um, man, this match, these guys—they uh, delivered. Just, they just had this bloodbath. I mean, it, this was probably the bloodiest match I've seen in a long time. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, they they delivered lots of storytelling, lots of drama. I mean, go out of, if you haven't seen it, go go out of your way to watch this match. It was I thought it was amazing, and I'm not a big blood guy. Same uh, here. Once in a while, yeah. But it reeled you in emotion wise, and I think this is a matchup too. Um, 
for independent wrestlers and pro wrestlers or guys that want to get into pro wrestling to understand what when, when we talk about this stuff, and I've talked about it in the past, I like the flips. I like everything. It's just mm-hmm. knowing the time and place to always do everything if it is necessary. But if you can reel people in with emotion and with a good story, that emotion will, will trump any move any day of the week time and right. time again. And this was a perfect example of that by those two guys. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys just had a war. Uh, finally, uh, Cody hit Dustin with the crossroads, got the one, two, three. Uh, they were just covered in blood. The the, uh, the ring, I mean, they either replaced the mat or were able – I mean, they must have replaced it right I after. Had to have, yeah. That thing was covered. Yeah. And then it was completely clean for the match, the next match after it. So, um, so yeah. So, Cody uh, won the match after he said that uh, at Fight for the Fallen, he's going to – he wants a tag team partner, and he chooses Dustin to team with him to face the Young Bucks. So, uh, Dustin is not retiring yet. No, I thought it was a great close to all that, and uh, that was a moment that was as real of a moment as you're probably going to see in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just and, and all the fans felt it. I, I felt it at home, and uh, whether you like them, hate them, you you cannot deny it was it was one hell of a moment. It was an extremely powerful moment, and I'm happy they got to have it together. Absolutely, uh, Bret Hart. Came out, which was a, a cool surprise as well. One of the cool it. moments for me was why I was a huge Bret Hart fan growing up. So yeah, yeah same here. He's a class act. He just adds a, uh, he just adds a legitimacy, credibility, and respect. Yes, absolutely. So he came out, unveiled the AEW World Championship. I'm kind of a belt guy. Uh, I, I used to love the Winged Eagle belt yep. back in the day. Um, I thought this belt looked really cool, um, and you know he's Beautiful. announcing. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. It, it was like a Magnum TA's old belt back in the NWA. Yep. And you know what? The first thing I thought of, and this is just me watching, was, and I love Mick Foley, and, and WWE does great things at times. But I thought I was like, it was almost like, and Cody kind of had the interview with Chris Van Vliet here, um, where they talked about the 24-7 belt. And it was more, right. and I saw it was more of a USA Network thing and whatnot. But it almost just trumped everything that wwe and again it's a different title it's a different show but i just thought it was like man that's what a you know that's what it should be right yeah wwe is more their it's branding they want you to see the big company logo when the you know the when the steelers are holding it up at a parade so yeah but understandable it is it's a it's a business thing it's different but from a pro wrestling thing, I think a lot of people really dug this. Absolutely, yeah. If I, if I'm getting a replica, this is what I would get. Um, Those guys so, had trouble carrying it, but I was I was nervous for Brett carrying the thing. It looked heavy. Yeah, yeah. It um, so Brett came out. MJF came out, uh, mocked Brett getting attacked at the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, cut cut a fun promo. Hell um, of a promo, I thought by him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he looked like he he looked like he belonged. He stood out. Uh, and what to the battle royal? That's the one thing I forgot to touch on. Is he had some good moments of getting heat in the battle royal? I thought if out of this pay per view, if there was maybe one new guy that came out of this much better, I think it would be him. Yeah, I agree. Um, so they sh- they shot an angle with MJF and and Adam Page, and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was unveiling the title. Bret Hart held the belt up in the air. It looked uh, looked awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a great spot on the show. Gave a break from wrestling for a bit, and uh, it was a good moment. 
Yeah. Up next, we had the Young Bucks versus Pentagon Phoenix for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. Uh, Young Bucks are dressed like Elvis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was, uh, if, if you're a Young Bucks fan, this is a, a, exactly what you'd want. A yep. ton of high-flying, ton of crazy spots. Um, and the Young Bucks win after Meltzer Driver on Phoenix for the 1-2-3. Yeah, action-packed from beginning to end. And this was, I mean, it was, they, they, those guys all, they all delivered at the highest level from beginning to end. It's, uh, that was one you don't, you didn't want to miss as a wrestling fan. And, uh, I like seeing stuff like that with the young bucks coming out dressed like Elvis and showing some personality, having fun. Yeah. I think, I think everybody, everyone standing ovation on that was good. Right. And then we went to the main event, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. The winner faces Adam page for the AEW world championship at a later date. Uh, they did this little thing at the beginning where they kind of showed the different uh, Jericho's different gimmicks over the years. You had one guy holding up the list of Jericho, another guy doing his old school lit up jacket. Yep. And then finally he came out with the that clockwork orange ish look that he has. Um, and I dug yeah. that. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, and then Jericho versus Omega. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting Omega to win. They were a little surprised that Jericho uh, won after a codebreaker hits the the Judas effect, that, which is a spinning back elbow, and yep. got the one, two, three. So um, to me, this made all the sense in the world. Jericho is the most recognizable name. Yep. Uh, anyone challenging him, it, it, it's a bigger deal, I just feel like, at this point. Yeah, for what they're doing, and, and Kenny's one of their big guys they're bringing in, but as far as from a, maybe a casual wrestling audience fit, uh, standpoint Jericho is the import like the super important piece in all of this and they all know that and I think it was Kenny's not hurt by this at all they went out there and had a hell of a match and it was it was a it was worthy of being the main event and Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of Jericho um, personally just knowing him uh, over the years and him actually not being like some other people uh, that were at, at his level and uh for him, the abil his ability to um, continue to be involved at, at a high level and with guys, and he's obviously, he's older now and whatnot, but he, he's such a, he's such a great worker and he could, he's, he's a great work at working with, with great talent and other and adjusting and, and, and keeping everything fresh. I love the yeah. entrance. I love this new look of him. It just, there's something very fitting about it at this stage of his career. And I, uh, I, again, tip my cap to him, just went out there and gave us a, a great, great main event. And he, I think he needed that as far as with what they're doing with the company and how yeah. he's been, the promos he's been cutting the, in the edge that he's had. I think it does nothing but add to all of that in his, his quote unquote ego. So I, I dug it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think wrestling always works better, uh, the best when you have the larger in life personalities and characters, and and Jericho is that. Yep, a blend. It's going to be a blend of everything, and that's he's very key in all of this. Yeah, and so obviously the big story after the match, Jericho's cutting a promo, he's talking about how he is AEW, that the company is for him, <laughs> so, uh, and then out of nowhere came John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose in WWE, came out through the crowd. I uh, got in the ring, gave Jericho dirty deeds, <laughs> gave one to the referee, which I, I love that. I, I did that was, too. Uh, <laughs> nice touch and, on that. Absolutely. And uh, then he started brawling with Omega and ended up taking out Omega to end, end the show. So 
as far as free agents go, I know the ones people mentioned yourself, Ryback, CM Punk, John Moxley. We got, and John Moxley's there. Yeah, and I think that was the perfect choice, uh, more so than anyone else right now with uh, him leaving WWE and people not knowing what was going on. I'd heard rumors that the video that he'd put out was possibly done by WWE and that he was he'd re-signed and they were going to let him, you know, do the John Moxley thing for a bit and come back and I'd heard so many different things and I, that yeah. video that they put out was so well done and now it all makes sense obviously that AEW right. was behind that production value wise for that video and I thought it was the perfect way to end the show. He's he lives in Vegas now. Yeah, I thought he looked great and it's it it oh it was just kind of like that that stamp on the show and that to me as a wrestling fan watching this it was uh it was a good view to the competition <laughs> at the end of the show for me yeah absolutely i thought i thought so as well and man this fall uh, wwe moving to fox and and aew prime time uh it's going to be a, a crazy time in pro wrestling xfl launching we'll see how that affects the business but it's going to be it's going to be nuts it's like the perfect storm is set up for cuz as wrestlers we've always talked about this and then my generation that came in and there was really no Nowhere else, uh, a viable number two or a, a, a someone a competition, straight up competition, and it feels like, especially on a from a financial standpoint too, that now it's just like this is what an exciting time for wrestlers and wrestling fans. Yeah, I feel like I've been waiting for this for twenty years. <laughs> long overdue. I, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. Um, some other big stories out there uh, this past week. Uh, one, uh, the upcoming WWE show, Saudi Arabia. Um, Aleister Black won't be making the trip. Uh, apparently, he has some tattoos that, uh, whether it's the government, whether it's WWE, but they felt like it was not the best uh, thing for him to go. Sami Zayn's not going to go once again. He's of Syrian descent, and Syria has issues with Saudi Arabia. Kevin Owens is not going. Um and Daniel Bryan, once again, is not going. Daniel Bryan also skipped Crown Jewel. He did work last April's Greatest Royal Rumble event. Yep. Apparently uh, learned more about some of the, the things that go on and decided not to do the trip. So uh, those four names will not be at that next. Uh, and, of course, all the women. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an uncomfortable situation. And I we've been there. I've wrestled there before a couple times. And uh, they treat they treat all the wrestlers great over there. And, you know, I, I talked about this before, but the hotel, when we, I think, on one of the Saudi Arabia shows, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel. And we were told that the behead, the, the, they were beheading people right down the road from us. And usually when we do these shows, they'd have vans to take us to gyms. They'd have everything set up. That was one of the only shows that, that in India where we were not allowed to leave the hotel. Um, hmm. So... It's just uncomfortable, and even though you're taken care of and you're over there, it's um, I know, and I'm just saying this personally. I was always a little bit uncomfortable on on those trips, and not from anything from the people over there. Again, right. fans, they all treated us great, but you're going into a different country with different rules, and uh, I don't blame any of those guys. I don't think WWE should either, and um, it would be interesting if they actually did a poll where the guys, guys, and you know. Nobody would be held accountable. They wouldn't know who voted what. If they did a vote within the organization on if you want to go there or not, I'd be really interested in seeing that vote. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. 
the other another big story that came out uh the tragic passing of ashley massaro yeah. it uh, came out that she hanged herself uh it was a suicide um some uh some accusations that she had made in an affidavit came back to light uh the boston globe actually ran a story about on this year, years ago uh with ashley's allegations that she made uh basically said the, the biggest thing was that she was at a, a WWE tour overseas in Kuwait on a military base. Um, and a WWE doctor had, uh, you know, sexually assaulted her. Was it a, it wasn't no, a, no, 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 not, not a WWE doctor. I'm sorry. That's uh, somebody over on the base, right. That was pretending or supposedly said he was a doctor. Or... Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> uh, it was a doctor on the trip. It was, uh, not on the trip. It was a, a, a military doctor. I'd actually but, heard when I was with WWE, and I can tell you, I read that, and she's not lying. And I, I said this on on social media, and you don't you don't make up a lie like that. And some of the things that she claims and says in it that was told to her are the same things that were told to me when they forced me to drop my malpractice lawsuit against the doctor, as far as hurting the company's image and that whole deal. So. And I had heard while I was there from somebody who was in the WWE office had actually referenced something with her, something very bad happening over there. I didn't know the details of it until I read that, but that was the situation they were talking about it because it was the, some of the details they shared. And, uh, from a, a company standpoint, they're not gonna, they, they, there's, they have no choice, but to deny, to not, to deny this on their end, because they, this, that would be. There's no good that's going to come from that from them by doing anything other because, but that's the kind of stuff that goes on that a lot, uh, there's a portion of people that put them on this pedestal that they think they can't do no wrong, but everybody that's been in there knows all the wrong that goes on. So and it's a horrible yeah. thing. And that's something that will, would, would somebody up for the rest of their life. So. Yeah. And, and you can read the whole affidavit on, on wrestling, but basically a man was posing as a U.S. Army doctor. She actually claims that she told, uh, went to Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn afterwards, Sean Laurinaitis, and they told her to keep it quiet. Yep. Um, WWE sent that. us a statement um, denying it. They, they said that at no time was Vince uh, ever uh, informed. And, um, you know, I mean, now I mean, she's gone. And I just don't know. Um, you know, where you could go with this. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it just, it's unfortunately just gets grouped in with everything that's gone on with pro wrestlers. And I think every wrestling fan needs to go and read that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a tough read and it's, um, it sucks. This is why and I, I, I speak about some of the things that I have and, and having mm -hmm. you on last week and people need to look at this. I think there's important discussions that need to go on and, and how can we make pro wrestling better? And um, 39 is too young, and she had a daughter. It's um, this is this is a truly tragic one. Just from with the situation and the information that came out, it's like yeah. And where do you go with this? Yeah, it, it's, and she would, and she would have been 40 years old today. Today, today, yep, I saw that. It's just, yeah. I the, the most painful thing for me with this was her daughter. Yeah. And not understanding as far as where her mom went and um, or why her mom did this, and it's uh, hopefully that will stop happening and and whatnot. And it's you can't pinpoint it to any one thing, obviously, but it's uh, 
it's truly tragic. Yeah. Um, so as far as news goes, that was, uh, that was about it. Ruby Wright, uh, had double, uh, right shoulder surgery. She's also going to have left shoulder surgery. Oh, no. So she's going to be out for, for a little while. Yeah. I did not know that a quick recovery to Ruby. That's, ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Having back-to-back surgeries like that. And, um, but enjoy the time off and hopefully in, in rehab like crazy and get back as quickly as possible. So when you're healthy, when healthy. But, Absolutely. Raj, thank you very much. Is there anything you'd like to go ahead and uh, plug to wrap up this week? Um, just as always, visit WrestlingInc.com. You know, we, 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 uh, we always are pushing out new content, tons of interviews, things like that. Um, we got some articles coming up from the conversation I had with you right back last week. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, check out the site. Good deal. No, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that. So thank you again for coming on and talking about some of that stuff with me. And guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back after these messages. Summer is approaching fast, and now is the time to not only get your diet on track, but also stock up on Feed Me More Nutrition. You can save 20% with discount code PODCAST20. Whether you're looking for long-lasting clean energy with our Wake Up Unlimited Energy, available in pink lemonade and our new green apple, melting fat off with Shell Shock Extreme Fat Burner, or getting a great night's rest with our powerful all-natural GTS Go to Sleep. Feed Me More Nutrition has you covered with seven different products that contain no artificial colors or sweeteners and use more natural ingredients that work synergistically to give you the results you deserve. Available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Feed. Me. More. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback. And I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So fuel meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. All right, we're back, guys, and by were or we are, I mean me. I want to thank you guys, Lauren Tickner, for coming on this week. It was, I really enjoyed that interview with Lauren. Super, super smart woman. I hope you guys can get something out of that discussion. And as, as always on this show, as I've said, it's been an evolution uh, of where we started and to where I am now with it. And uh, we're 140-something episodes in, which is crazy now looking back at all of this. And it's uh, in the different formats of the show. I truly, truly am really enjoying this now. And I want to start. This was all from the beginning after and wanted people to really, really get to know my personality and, and know me for, me for me. I essentially traded in and what I walked away from. And I, and I was just reading a book. Uh, called Oversubscribed, which I'll have the tips of the weekend next week for you guys on this. This book 
And it talks about in this day and age, you don't need uh, TV to have a fan base. And, and I'm very fortunate and thankful for that exposure. Uh, but one of the things that always bothered me personally was, and, and this is kind of just a, a thing in wrestling, and we've seen it time and time again with guys, is, is you get labeled as a wrestler and you get wrestling fans and it's great, but that's just a small part of the whole world. And it's you want to be able to appeal to the masses in a different way. And pro wrestling, that sometimes doesn't happen and whatnot. And I feel like now I have... I have a following of people that truly are following me because of me and not just a character. So, and this is just numbers wise. I don't know numbers as far as, as the specifics, but say as a WWE wrestler, I have a fan base of 50 million people that are exposed to me that know me, but a lot of those are kids. A lot of those there's it, a mixture just only care about, the pro wrestling aspect and they don't really care about anything else and anything else you do. And we see it. If you guys see my Instagram lives and you see those people that just ask, when are you going back to WWE? Why aren't you wrestling? When do you go back to WWE? Why don't you go to AEW? They don't hear all the stuff other than pro wrestling. It's like the only, it's like speaking a foreign language. If you talk about anything other than pro wrestling and that's just the way that it is. I now though am, am trying to appeal to, health and fitness, just in people in general and in doing the things that I'm doing. So that number not isn't going to be 50 million anymore. It might only go down to 50,000. But it's 50,000 people who care and are following me for me. Now, in the content I'm putting out, in my personality, in this book, it was the, the oversubscribers actually talking about you only actually need a few thousand in this day and age of people that actually follow you to be successful and to be successful at a high level. So it's it's a trade-off in a different direction, but it's a good direction. And it takes time sometimes. And I've learned that with social media and focusing more on the positives and whatnot. And it's been it's been such a great experience for me in, in growing and evolving and in this show, having Lauren Tickner on, we're going to have Trevor uh, Trevor Backmeyer from Smashworks. He's on Instagram as Smashworks. I'm going to hopefully have him on next week. If not, I'm gonna we're going to be reaching out to a couple other people, maybe doing a wrestling interview with Alex Riley or Wes Briscoe uh, on the next show. I'm going to take a look at the schedule here and see the, the people we have coming up and whatnot. And uh, give you guys some more content from people on the business side of things too. People on social media that are really, really doing great things. And, uh, you know, the purpose of the interviews is to learn for me too. There's so much I'm, I learn every single day. And, I, and I, I love it in just trying to get better and improve. And if I think I could offer something valuable by having a discussion with somebody on this show and, you know, and it really helps some of you, that, that's a huge win for me. And it makes me proud. So that's why I'm doing a lot of these interviews on the show. And it's great to be able to sit around and talk about what's going on. But like, to be honest, guys, I have a boring life. It's not, and I don't want to, I don't want to be gossiping about different things. I'd rather have discussions with people about interesting things. And I don't want to be talking about what I'm doing all the time. And, and nobody gives about that. It's great for a little bit, but it's not, it's not a direction that, that's, 
I feel like continuing on and I get to talk, you know, the pro wrestling every week. I love having that, having Raj on, having Ryan Satin on, who was away for double or nothing this week. And uh, he was only going to be able to record on Saturday. So, and, and Raj was able to, to step up. I think we're going to have Raj on some more too with Ryan at different times. And, uh, to give you guys that pro wrestling report and uh, cause I enjoy talking about it and it's, it's a cool time to be a wrestling fan. So it's a big shout out and thank you to those guys for coming on every week. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors and partners, real good foods, uh, real save 15% with Ryback 15 BetOnline.ag, wiretap radio, radio, CLNS media, a wrestling historian, on Instagram and Twitter, give him a follow, helping us out with some of these interviews, the pro wrestling interviews, the wrestling classic on Instagram and Twitter. You guys can give them a follow. And I uh, really, really appreciate all the support with the podcast from those guys on that. And with that, guys, as always, I'd like to close. Please bear with my voice, by the way. My voice is, it went last week at some point. I noticed it listening back to parts of the show. So my voice isn't always this horrible, but I remember my first year in WWE, it actually, I, from screaming, feed me more all the time. <clears throat> and, um, I don't know. It's, uh, I haven't been, well, I did scream, feed me, feed me more this last week doing some workout videos, which if you follow me on Instagram at the big guy, right back 22, you'll see me I'm, as I start feeling better and looking better. And, uh, we'll be putting out more and more content, try to do some more workout videos um, when necessary, and uh, saw me doing being silly on there, a little dancing, moving those hips or attempting to move those hips. It's uh, just trying to be more active on social media now that I'm uh, I'm feeling better. This is the best I've felt now. Trevor from Smashworks is giving me from his uh, Instagram and YouTube some really good stuff for my back and shoulder, and I'm uh, I feel really good right now. So. We're going to, I'm still, I want to do the stem cells. I want to get, I've talked about this time and time again. I think these are probably going to be the last two based on how I feel right now. And I think, uh, give it, give it a few months, give it four months after, and I'm getting those done in July and, uh, we'll, we will reevaluate things and see how that goes. Also important. I am on the Chris Van Vliet show coming up this, this week, uh, this podcast drops on Monday. I will be on the Chris Van Vliet show, which I'll be posting that on Instagram and on the social media accounts. Big thank you to Chris. Went and saw him. He was out here for Double or Nothing. We finally got together. He was a guest on the show a few weeks ago. Great guest. And he's doing great things. He's getting ready. He's going to be starting a podcast as well. So I was happy to be able to sit down and have a, a nice conversation with him at the Excalibur Hotel. Uh, not far from the Hooters Casino where me and Dolph like to usually go get some wings when he's in town and whatnot. So, and I do think it's important before I go into the plugs, I will touch on the, I put out a tweet this week. Uh, I believe Mandy Rose is going to be on the cover of one of the, the muscle magazines or the fitness magazines. So huge congratulations to her, which I put out on that. But uh, I think it's important. And I've told from the beginning, if you've been a listener from the beginning, I've told this story already <clears throat> about this stuff with WWE, and it's very, very personal. And there's, uh, I talked about it with Raj. Cody had some very personal moments with Hunter. 
Well, I did too on different things, and this was one of them. It was always my goal, and it still is one of my goals, to be on the cover of on one of the magazines, especially now with everything I'm doing with Feed Me More Nutrition. And um, it was something, the, the guy that reached out to me had actually unfortunately passed away. He was the head of Muscle and, uh, Muscle and Fitness and Flex Magazine. Uh, Sean Perriman, I believe, was his name. Great guy. And I'll never forget, he actually approached me. We were at Madison Square Garden uh, for a live event. And he came up to me, and he was really excited, and as, as was I, and I knew who he was. And he said, we'd like you to be on the cover of Flex Magazine for our November issue, Worldwide Edition. Uh, feed me more on there, whole deal, and it would have been great exposure. This was one of those things that I got really excited about being into, the, into, into to lifting and who I am as a person, and uh, I think I would have been a great person to have on this magazine that typically has steroid people on there. It was it was something that meant a lot to me. I was it was probably in my best shape at the time, and uh, they'd called me back, and they'd mentioned to me that they can't do it for November because Hunter didn't want me doing it, and. We had a discussion. I don't know what arena I was at. I remember being in the stands and just being filled with rage because I, so already so many things had happened at different points. And I went and I had a conversation with Hunter and he was lying through his teeth and it's just it's part of the deal there and telling me that they had other people that were going to be on the covers of different magazines for the month of November. And they didn't want to have too many superstars on the cover for the month of November. If you're a business and all the muscle magazines want to have a hundred of your guys on the magazines, as a business, you want every talent on those magazines because it's more eyes on the product, right? Well, not according to him. And so the other people that were on the magazines that month, the Bella Twins were on one of the uh, fitness magazines and Hunter and Stephanie were, I believe, on the muscle and fitness or one of them, but it was not, flex was their, their big muscular issue for the bigger guys. So this would not have interfered in any of those photo shoots or anything of that nature. This was just him not wanting me to have that opportunity. And that's all, and I've talked about this. And I had a couple conversations with him, and he, he lied through his teeth claiming that was not the case. They just did not want to have all the talent everybody on in one month. And so I said, okay, muscle and fitness months later approached again, wanted me on the cover again, a month. Nobody was going to be on. And, uh, pair Bernal, actually one of the photographers actually personally called me while I was in San Diego and said to me, he goes, I don't know what is going on. He goes, but we pitched you again. And then now they're telling us we want Roman Reigns on the magazine. And we want you. So again, and this was towards the end, and I was already beyond frustrated. And it was you can't if they don't want you to be on the magazine, you can't you can't just go out and be on the magazine because you're there. You're working for WWE, and this is just another small example of the things they do. And so when I put that tweet out, I was truly congratulating because every talent should have that opportunity, and they should be allowed to go and do that. 
But this just goes back to how personal this is with my ankle injury and the things that they did and took away a lifetime of my hard work of opportunities and why I'm so passionate now about going and trying to do things on my own because I this company I gave everything for did not give it back to me. And there's nothing more disappointing than looking up to a guy who you looked up to as a hero as a kid, by the way, and then realizing he's just a steroid. And that's the truth. And that's the exact truth of the matter. And it, it sucks. And I told him that to his face. He was such a huge disappointment to me. I've told him that to his face overseas in England in which he had no counter to it. So, and I would love for my fans to be able to, you know, work things out at some point and be able to go up and have some big matchups. But these on their end have some personal issues because they slapped me and I slapped them back. So until they can figure that out, I can't do anything about it other than get healthy and run my life. I, I have no interest for no amount of money of working for a place that, that treats talent and me particularly on different situations the way that they did. So people need to understand that, that when I put that out, how personal that is to me and the you and the hashtag that's, that's from the heart and you need to understand that. And he needs to understand that he does, he knows. So, and uh, if he has a problem with it, he has my phone number. He can call me. If Vince has a problem with anything I ever say, he can call me. I'll talk to anybody. I've talked to him many times, but it's, uh, it's personal and it's been personal for a long time and I'm good at focusing on the positives and doing my thing and living my life and doing my other business ventures. But when I see something like that, I get fired up because it brings back to me those memories that I had and why I left in the first place. And, uh, it's good. I like people, you, my fans to understand and know why I do the things that I do and say the things that I say sometimes is there is great meaning behind it. And that is the detailed explanation of that so that you guys all know. Because there were a few people that had to block on all of that again. And that's just part of it. And they don't understand and they never will. And that, There was a great uh, quote I put on Instagram this, this week too. If you don't follow, look at my stories sometimes. I love memes. But it was, uh, I quit trying, don't quit trying to explain yourself to idiots. You're not the whisperer. And uh, that truly made me laugh. Is You can't, there's no reasoning with idiots. No matter how hard you try, they're not playing with a full deck of cards. You guys as wrestling fans have all seen it with different with different quote-unquote fans, bullet heads. And it's just, it is what it is. And you just got to block them out, let them form whatever opinions they are going to form no matter what, no matter what the content is, no matter what is actually the truth. They don't care because they're not playing with a full deck of cards. So with that, guys, to close this out with some classical music, Get the mood right. For all fan mail, please send to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Check us out, Feed Me More Nutrition on Amazon, under Feed Me More Nutrition t-shirts or Ryback t-shirts by the Feed Me More store. Patreon.com slash Ryback to support this podcast for some different content on there. The unedited version of the show is available on there. Feed Me More Nutrition available on feedmemore.com. We have redesigned the site. It is it is the, the best it has looked. We've made some changes and just continuing to adapt and to grow and to learn from the past. And always as always on Amazon, guys, and if you can leave a, a review on Amazon or feedmemore.com, it is greatly appreciated. 
it takes a takes a second and it really helps the cause and if you've tried the supplements and you love the supplements you like the supplements uh, and you can leave a positive review um, I thank you I thank you very much for that personal video shout outs from myself cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback for pro wrestling appearances book the big guy at yahoo.com or Bill Barron's at showbiz that's s-h-o-w-b-i-s at aol.com wake up it's feeding time my motivational book as always available on amazon fuelmeals.com my personal meal prep service save 15 percent with discount code the big guy meal prep at your doorstep i've been with them for years now that is my favorite meal prep company follow us on social media youtube.com slash feed me more channel joe's getting them up quicker and quicker we're going to be getting getting the shows and the clips up for you guys every week hopefully on wednesday or thursday and uh, where you can listen to the show. And if you want to go back and watch some of the video, if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, we're going to really, I'm going to be trying to figure out some ways to grow the YouTube channel going forward. It's been neglected from the beginning. I've just got too much. I got my plate full of everything on the directions I'm getting pulled. That's going to be more high priority moving forward. And as we continue to grow all of this. Ryback22 on Twitter. That will lead you to my other Twitters. We're not going to give you guys a million different things on this. The Big Guy Ryback 22 on Instagram. That will lead you to my other two, Feed Me More Nutrition and Conversation with the Big Guy on Instagram. If you guys could give those a follow, we're trying to get those two accounts to 10,000 uh, as well. And we are on our way, just trying to grow everything, everything that we can, guys. Um, and as always, big shout out to Real Good, Real Good Foods, Real Good Pizza. And uh, for everything that they do as the main sponsor of this show. With that, guys, be good human beings. Thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Feed me more. with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, 